everyone, and welcome to Talk Woo Woo to Me, a supernatural podcast. I am your host, Athena Rodriguez. Welcome back. Uh, hopefully you've listened to the first episode, and now we're on to the second episode, which uh, I've uh, labeled My Awakening. Woohoo for episode two. As usual, my beautiful guest, Samuel. I am beautiful, and that's my government name. Funky Samadina is here with me guys I know you're excited because uh, He's a big part of My awakening process and That's why I kind of want him to be On this this episode because He was he was not really there for the Beginning but he was an integral Part of uh, My awakening and I just like want to Touch base on that so um, <clears throat> We'll start This podcast uh, episode explaining how my gifts were kind of just uh bursting at the seams um i guess in 20 uh 2010 right that's when i came into the scene yeah they were just um well i mean they were always there but i kind of like tried not to pay attention to them and I don't know if it's, you know, the other side that doesn't like that or anything like that, but sometimes it feels like it just pulls you back in and says, hey, there's some important stuff you need to know. And um, like I kind of kept my ear to the ground and listened, but I wasn't like fully immersed in it until um, it just started being creepy. I would go into places and I would see a bunch of ghosts there and uh, I would be in different locations and I would hear things and feel things. And I was like, okay, I need to pay attention now. It's getting a lot. It's almost like you were, you had to keep your ear to the ground. Because it was just something that you just couldn't run away from completely. Truly. Truly. You could block it or try. But uh, you'll feel it. It's still there. It's still there. Just like the feelings that people block. Mm-hmm. It's still there. It's still there. Gotta acknowledge it. And that's what I had to do was acknowledge, okay, I, I can see these things. I can feel these things. Uh, now what am I going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Uh, I went the weenie route and tried to get validation from a lot of other people. Yeah, you do. You do that. Yeah. I Because when you're on that, that point, you kind of go, am I crazy? Why do I always feel these weird feelings all the time? What is what is going on? I, I don't appreciate spending time with a certain person and all of a sudden I feel so angry or sad or upset or anything like that. So I really had to address um, those things. So quite frankly, for my own sanity. I mean, I think you're probably a weenie because of a lot of factors like Growing up, you had to kind of keep it at bay and hidden. Yeah. Also, you know, you weren't the most self-confident person in the world. Mm-mm. You know, you have a lot of self-doubt and you second-guess yourself a lot to this day still. And so I think that's kind of why it was hard for you to, to take that step and to embrace it. Truly. I also think that, uh, I don't know, maybe perhaps I have a long history of, of feeling... Uh, Like if I, you know, we're going to get true on this part, uh, really deep on the wounds, but, um, I had a really traumatic childhood and a lot of 
the reason why I don't feel very confident is I don't want people to see me. And I feel like if they see me, they can hurt me. And so that was a lot of why I kept myself hidden because um, besides being bullied for being like fat or weird, uh, I really didn't want to be bullied for being able to see things because I was scared that people would uh, really hurt me for being different like that. Like it was really hard to say I was seeing anything like around family members because I had a lot of heavily Catholic family members or even Christian that just they don't want to hear that I have an uncle that's very you know very religious and he would tell me that I was talking to the devil which another reason why I was scared of it and I didn't want to embrace it right because if you're hearing you're talking to the devil on a home level what are you going to hear on a public level or in front of you know strangers or things like that so if that was hard for you then I think um, it would be hard for you to move forward. Truly. Plus, I felt like uh, <laughs> a lot of the communication that was coming in didn't feel like it was dangerous for people. It was always something like, tell this person that I love and care about them. It was always, please help me. I, I need help. It, it was never anything like hurt someone or hurt yourself or anything like that. It was always it never, like... It never felt like the devil's work. Right. It always <laughs> felt like help these people. You need to talk to these people and and give them closure and stuff like that. And I was all for it because I feel like a lot of my life, I didn't get a lot of closure. And I know how important the healing is for those kind of things. I really do. And that's one of the reasons why I want to be able to provide something for, you know, humanity. If it's not, you know, fart jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Closure is closure is good in the healing process. And so are fart jokes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, I had a sneaking suspicion that a lot of people in my family do have some of the same gifts. And... Um, we just don't outwardly talk about them because it's, you know, it's kind of. Don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> yeah, it's very woo-woo. It's too woo-woo. And, um, and so I didn't really mention it to family very often anymore. It was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to pretend this is not, you know, happening. And it made me feel very, like, isolated and alone because not only did I not have family support on that, but I'm just walking around with these abilities and I don't even have anyone to talk to it, uh, talk about it to. And I really think that that's a big part of um, getting depressed. I was uh, in through like a lot of depression because I had to keep it bottled up inside. It was like an identity that I was scared of and um, a little ashamed of just because, you know, um, the a lot of people don't see a person that says that they can feel and, and um, see things extrasensory and go, oh, that's a cool person to know. A lot of the, the reactions I had gotten were, wow, you're crazy. That's weird. Yeah. Or the, again, the, the devil's word. Mm -hmm. That's evil. Be careful. Yeah. I've heard that a few times from some people that we may know. Yeah. I I feel like I had um, better reception with people outside of my circle. 
Um, I would say the first person that I really trusted with this information was uh, a friend from high school who's passed away. Um, rest in peace. We miss her. But um, the second person I shared it with was uh, my best friend, Laura. And um, it was so important to have at least someone who understood or believed me because it was just, like I said, very isolating. And I didn't know who to talk to. And I'd be like, this weird thing happened, but I would not, <laughs> not have anybody to tell it to. And so uh, when I told Laura, she accepted it. And then we just kind of like tried to figure it out together. And kind of bonded over that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because a lot of, I don't know if everybody else has this, but I feel like when I like go out and I do things out in the world, a lot of weird stuff always happens around me. It's like weird instances or just completely bizarre things. And sometimes I'm out by myself a lot. But when I had like Laura there with me, the weird stuff would happen around her and she'd be like, oh, yes, I see that. <laughs> that is weird. You almost have some weird uh, <laughs> universal magnetism to you that attracts like weirdos or weird yeah. situations <laughs> or things like that. Because I've experienced quite a few of that with you as well. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's like every time I see someone, I can look at someone down the street and I can feel or I know I'm like, man, I know they're just going to say something as soon as I walk by them. And I'm sure enough, by the time I get by them or near them, they just start getting all weird. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I have like a weird energy. It just makes people go all wacky. I don't know. But um, so, yeah, uh, sharing it with uh, Laura helped me because she also was really interested in those kind of things. So um, kind of made like a, a little class and I wanted to be able to, um, I guess, describe what I was going through. So I've researched on uh, the different gifts and abilities that some psychics or mediums have and um, there's actually a bunch of clairs that most psychics, um, have either they have all of them, some of them, all of these things are something that you can train within yourself. Um, these are things that other people can have. Everybody has just like a little, um, what is that word you said? Um, when, when I said, yeah, you're describing like a base charge. I don't know. Like, okay, you're talking about how um, the toaster, if it's plugged into the... Oh, Kevin was talking about... I wasn't yeah. talking about that. Yeah, it is like a... Um, it's like a charge that stays... All, like, if you have the toaster plugged in, even if you're not using it, there's still like um, like a base charge or something. Like yeah. That. I don't remember what it, what the term he... I didn't say that, though. Oh, I, I thought you guys were talking about it, but... I mean, he mentioned it, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's how I feel like a lot of people are with their gifts is that um, the base charge is there. I can feel the base charge there, but it's um, whatever you develop more, that's going to be stronger. It's like a muscle and you have to be able to work on it constantly for it to, you know, get stronger. And so I wanted to see what my base charge was because I didn't know where I was starting from 
and I didn't even know what a lot of the terminology was. So uh, the different clairs are clairvoyance, which means clairseeing. Uh, clairaudience is clear hearing. Clairsentience is clear feeling. Clairalience is clear smelling. Clairgustance is um, means clear tasting. And claircognizance means clear knowing. And a lot of those I had, I don't want to say kind of strong. It was just like a little bit, um, a little bit strong. I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like a, <clears throat> a wild strong and I had to tame it because it was just all over the place and just like flailing about. And I kind of had to like. Feral. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it was feral. <laughs> um, so yeah, you and I were getting to the point of um, dating when I was looking into a lot of uh, um, this stuff, but I wasn't really applying it to what I was doing. I was just like, okay, I see weird things and that's it. But you coming into the picture and embracing that part of me and your family giving me support as well, made me feel so protected and safe to practice it. And I really appreciate that part of my life because then it put meaning to what these things were and why I was feeling certain things and seeing certain things. Absolutely. Um, I know that we tried the clairsentience with your mom, which was the clear feeling. Um, we talked about stone. that in the first episode. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had already had clairvoyance, which is the clear seeing. Clairaudience, uh, they communicate with me a lot through through talking. And I always found this strange because um, I have a I have a hearing uh, problem. Like my hearing has been really bad since I was a little kid but I can hear them come through very crisp and clear. So I find that very weird to me. I always wonder if like deaf people can hear them. Like, is there any mediums that are deaf and they can hear? It's interesting because it's definitely a different frequency than what your human ear. Yeah. Your human ear can hear. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. We should circle back to that at some point. But, um, and then we have the clairalience, which is um, clear smelling. I've had that where I've smelled uh, my dad or different um, cigarettes or, you know, diff different scents. Sometimes I'll catch someone's uh, perfume. When, uh, when my mom was passing away um, in the room that she was in the last few days that she was there, uh, when she was kind of in a hospice, like in the, in the mm -hmm. coma state, there was a smell that was in the air, and I didn't really recognize it. I didn't really know what it was, but it was just, just kind of there. And I smelled that for months, maybe a year or more after she died. Wow. I would just be somewhere randomly, and the smell would just enter my, my brain somehow. Different places, different circumstances. I would just get a whiff of that smell, and then it would just take me back to that time when she was passing away, kind of. Wow. Yeah, man. Smells are intense. Which brings me to my next one, which is uh, clairgustance. And that means clear tasting. So you taste things like they're giving you the experience of tasting things. 
And that, I have to admit, is not one of my strongest. I can taste dead cows. Ew. Cooked. <laughs> oh, yeah? And put in a bun. <laughs> in burger form? With some, ted, with some, de- with some <laughs> dead pig. Ew, stop. That's, I like that clear tasting. You're embarrassing gizmo. And some uh, little cheese. And then we have clear cognizance, which means clear knowing. And that is the... The, the psychic, I guess, the trope of being able to see, you know, and feel, you just you just know, that gut feeling. Is that where the term Mr. Know-it-all came from? No, no, I, I don't. I feel like that's in sarcasm. Mm, you're right. You're I right. Like. You're right. <laughs> oh, excuse me. So, yeah, I want to say that we were pretty much checking how we could enhance these abilities and um, see where it would take us because with a lot of the ways that I had researched, they were they were bringing in all kinds of techniques on divination, um, being able to um, uh, do automatic writing was a big one for me in that the beginning a, stages. That was incredible. Yeah, that was... Uh, really weird too because i'm not sure if you ever tried to do automatic writing but um it really feels not like someone's hand is over your hand it feels like for me personally like um like a jittery hand it just keeps on moving a little bit you're like making the words but it's not quite the way that you would really do it yourself and you just go with it because if you push against it it's it's very it makes the words even more not able to read you can't read it i know that's just like that's just a rant for any energies out there <laughs> that come in through auto writing <laughs> so when i want to say 2012 yes. again again my family you know helping with this platform for you to kind of dive off of right? yeah yeah um 2012, I had a, a cousin who's close to me, like a sibling. Oh, yes. Graduate from high school. Um, Athena was doing automatic writing because I what, how, did you just feel like doing it? I don't remember even why it came up. I think that I was just doing it because... Just um, doodling maybe and it just started? Well, I felt the need to write. And I was like, oh, I haven't done my, my writing today. Because remember, I was like doing it a little bit more consistently and yeah. learning at the same time. Do you want to tell the story? Uh, I believe it's... Or do you want me to continue? Yeah, I want you to say it from your So she ended up automatic writing uh, two different notes to my cousin. Uh, one was supposedly from my father. And the other one was supposedly from my mother. Um, and the thing about them is, uh, they're two different styles of handwriting, right? Athena was able to match my parents' handwriting pretty good. And she never met my dad. She, I don't know if she's ever seen anything he wrote, you know, I'm sure she saw stuff my mom wrote, but that's still not going to help you manage to match their handwriting. So it was, it was two different notes. One was from my father. One was from my mother. And they were both graduation greetings for my cousin. And he cherished them. He still cherishes them. That's wonderful. 
like those are the reasons like I get so um, pumped about it because you never know what it means to the other person. And I know I shy away from it a lot because um, usually when people experience these things, they can get quite emotional. And it's not that I feel uncomfortable around their emotion. It's almost like I feel like I made them cry and I don't, I don't like to feel like I made people cry. I don't know how to explain it better there, than that. Well, there were situations where when we first started dating, you know, my mom, my mom passed away in 2012. And we were only at that point together for two years. And then in the next, you know, the next following years, they come through, especially my mom, because mm-hmm. she was so, um, I don't want to say like attached to me, but like, you know, she just loved me and cared for me so much Yeah. that when she was on the other side, she would come through. And there's been times where like, I would just be like crying, not because like I'm sad because my mom is dead or whatever the case, uh, but because you're overwhelmed with emotion, right? And um, I'm a lot better with it now, but at the time it was it was hard, it was tough, but I would still, you know, have it, deal with it, and tears would come down my face. And she took that as her making me sad, but then I wanted to let her know in the moment that it's not that you're making me sad. I'm just feeling overwhelmed with emotion. Because you're providing this thing for me that is bigger than my brain can can comprehend almost. I appreciate that too. You being able to hold it together just to explain that. Because I know you were going through a lot of like emotional stuff too. And it was just, it's overwhelming. Sometimes, you know, especially a a mother, right? Yeah. Her and I were really close and she had just died like a year or two. I don't know, you know, the time frame on it. But like she comes through now, and it's fine. You know, I'm I'm a little bit better with my uh, feelings, and mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, at the time, it was just very overwhelming, o- emotionally overwhelming. Yeah, because it was term. so fresh. Sorry, our cat is trying to get us to play with her. Yeah, she came <laughs> in here and started wrestling Athena's sweater on the floor, <laughs> and now she's staring us down. Gizmo will fight you after. Yeah, we'll play later, man. She wants to fight. but yeah um and then i would like i would say that um leading up and i know it's a it's a very like sensitive subject but leading up to um your mom's passing it it being able to see and hear and communicate with what was going on um made me feel like she wasn't going to somewhere scary if that makes sense. Yeah, right. Because she wasn't alone. Yeah, she wasn't alone. And the people the people were very nice. Yeah. I didn't see it, but you did. Yeah. So when I mean when she was sick, we were over there visiting as much every, as we could. Every day, pretty yeah, much. As much as we could. And there were times where you couldn't really communicate with her. She was just kind of like laying there and she needed to. There was also times where uh, she almost seemed crazy. Because she had one foot in, one foot out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there would be times where I would be over there. And uh, I think what, what, we were in the kitchen. We were in the living room. And you were telling me that there's three people with her. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know who they were. But they were kind of walking around. And it almost looked like uh, like a hospital. Hallway, yeah. Because they were in and out of the room. They were talking to each other. They were looking at her. They were looking at other stuff. And it was just a situation. And so then I, uh, we, I overheard her argue with somebody. 
Mm. Oh, no, no, not yet. Not yet. I'm sorry. I take that back. I went into the room and I asked her if there was people there. And she told me that there was three people. A doctor person, a nurse person, and a medicine person. And I said, okay. And I just kind of left it at that because Athena told me that she saw three people. My mom tells me that she sees three people. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, that kind of explains what's going on here. And then we left. I left the room, you know, a few minutes later because she was really, really tired and she had to rest a lot. So we were kind of like spending a few minutes with her and then leaving her alone for a little bit and then spending a few minutes with her and then leaving her alone for a bit. And you could hear her arguing in the room. That's when you could hear her arguing. Yeah. And I went in there to go check on her and she was telling me that they told her not to talk about them. And she was not very happy about that. Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, so when you're saying that, it was more because it was like, uh, don't tell me what I can tell my son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then we were in the kitchen and we heard her yelling even and i told i knew they were in there with her i knew they were in there with her and um i don't know how long they had been there as in like days or hours or whatever but at some point we we're in the living room and um the one that i feel like is like the doctor comes in and he's like a decision has been oh, made an agreement an agreement an agreement has been made and then I was just like, I wanted to tell you immediately because I didn't know what it was regarding to. And uh, at that point, we're like, okay, well, we're just going to see what happens. Yeah, we didn't know what happened. What Mm -hmm. was going to happen? And at that point, you know, she wasn't able to talk about it with us because they told her not to. Yeah. But But whatever it was, they had some sort of conversation and they came up with some sort of agreement. Yeah. And that's we never we never knew. We didn't get any more information than that, and I feel like it was supposed to be like that. But I agree. I, I always so. get so curious about it. Like, was it I want to stay here until Tony comes, or uh, you know, like who knows? Or I let me go so I could help my son. Maybe. Yeah. Because there's like so many aspects of my life changed when she passed away. Oh yeah, she put the work. I in completely on that. changed. I could change completely. Uh, um, industries mm-hmm. completely and there's weird parts about that too yeah regarding my mom and my new industry and things like that I feel like you should tell those stories because we have enough time okay well when my mom first passed away uh, I guess before my mom passed away uh, I used to tell her because uh, I was working at CVS and I was not happy I was there for four years uh, prior to that I was at Walgreens for four years and it's not a fun place to work just hands down. Mm-hmm. You know, people are sick, right? People are in a hurry. People are... Most of the time, somebody's going to CVS because they're in a bind. Whether it's being sick, whether they need a last-minute project thing, like whatever. It's usually, people... I mean, there's cool people <laughs> who come in for a soda and a bag of chips or, you know, come in for their weekly shopping mm-hmm. or, you know, there's there's good moments too. But there's, it's, it's, it's a drag to work there. And I remember telling my mom, you know, I was thinking it'd be really fun to work at a hotel. Because I would see people from all over the world. I would see people traveling. And people are in a good mood when they're traveling. You know, they're not they're not going to buy cold medicine. Right. Right? They're going to a hotel and they're in a good mood. And I think it'd be fun to just like walk people to their rooms and, and open the door for them and put their bags in the room. You know, whatever. I was thinking maybe a bellhop. 
You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know I wasn't in the hotel industry. I didn't really know that nine times out of ten, uh, the bell person is a, also a driver. Um, so you know that's out right. <laughs> but so my mom passes away. I, I'm of course I'm applying for jobs because jobs aren't going to find me, even if she's helping. And I get a call back from a hotel, and it is a uh, Best Western in Sunnyvale, and. I immediately started working there. I started working there so fast. I don't even remember the date I started working there. Oh, I skipped over a thing. What'd you skip over? The dream. <gasps> oh, yeah. So after my mom passed away, I had a dream that I was on the phone with her. And she was at a hotel. And at the time, I didn't question where she was or why she was at a hotel. But I just remember that uh, I had a dream that she was in a hotel. So then... You know, fast forward, I don't know how many days or weeks or whatever, I get a call back uh, from this Best Western Hotel. And we, you know, I go in, I do my interview, uh, I get the job, I start working. I specifically remember how fast I got that job because, because the guy said, hey, can you work on September 1st? And I remember this conversation like it was yesterday. He said, hey, can you work on September 1st? And my answer to him was, oh, I'm sorry, September 1st is my mom's funeral. That's how fast. That was fast. That was very fast. I, I feel like that story was terrible because I said it in a weird order. It's not terrible at all. It's your experience. But I forgot the dream part until after I got the job, which it happened before I got the job. I think it's okay to go back. Okay. Well, that, there we go. That was it. <laughs> that horrible chopped up story. <laughs> well, I feel like it's important for the, the story because um, we're talking about how... I was embracing my gifts, but we're also being able to show you that you have these gifts too. I feel like that you have a lot of like intuitive gifts. Yeah. I mean, I've also had conversations with her since she's been passed away, like mm-hmm. on the bus Yeah, in my head, you know, I've where I, I always say things and then I would hear responses back and everything. And it wasn't me. I know it wasn't me responding to myself. I told you one time. I told you one time where I thought she was talking to you and you were like, uh, I, I think it was something like I had asked you um, what you were doing and you said you were just having a conversation. And I was like, that's so freaking weird because you can see her next to you. But sometimes you can't see her mouth move when she's talking to you. So I don't know sometimes. I don't sometimes. even physically see her. I just hear it's her. It's like, like a private convo. I can almost hear her voice in my head and mm-hmm. I say, you know. I miss you when I hear I'm with you. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm with you. And I, I know I didn't say it. You know, mm-hmm. it's in her voice. And a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, these gifts can come out like that. Where they're responding back to you and you just go, oh, that's just me saying it in my own head. Right. Sometimes we're so quick to write it off that it's it's in our own mind when we don't realize, hey, th- this could be the way you read people. The way you read and interpret energy, because most of the time you'll have an energy or um, an entity or a spirit and they're trying to communicate with you and they really don't know what's going to be able to be heard, seen, felt. So they kind of go with whatever they can. And the other part of that is how receptive you are to whatever they're throwing at you. Yeah. Can we go back to that? Okay, sequence of events. Okay, got I worked at CVS. I didn't like it. <laughs> I told my mom I wanted to work at a hotel. My mom passed away. I had that dream that she was at a hotel and I was on the phone with her. 
And then within a couple of weeks, I got a job at a hotel. And then I worked at hotels for six years after that. I worked graveyard. So I was like kind of like the grunt worker uh, for the front desk. But, but I enjoyed it. I had a good time because uh, people left me alone for the most part. But also, during that bout of you working at the hotel, you were getting like these random calls from freaking Lexus asking oh, yeah. for a guy named Tony. And I find that just so, like, that blows my mind still. I was getting these random calls from Lexus asking for Tony and I was getting so frustrated like stop calling me you have the wrong number stop calling me and I was like getting really upset and annoyed about this and then eventually it stopped yeah and then I was looking for a job to uh because we had moved to Tracy from San Jose and I was staying at my grandma's house and it's this long thing and I was basically looking for a job closer to this area because I don't drive and I wanted to be in Tracy with my with my wonderful uh, person here full time well, speaking of my wonderful person, where is Gizmo? <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, so I was looking for a job and uh, I was going to get this other job in this one call center, but that fell through. Uh, we'll talk about that at a different time. I, I almost had that job. I almost had that job. I almost had it. Uh, but it's funny because at this point, uh, every job I had was in August yeah. uh, for a long time. I started working at the hotel in August. Because my mom passed away in July mm-hmm. and her funeral was on September 1st. Yeah. And so the month of August, that's when I started at the hotel. And that's when uh, I was working there before her funeral in September. Then a year later, I started at my second job, my second hotel job in August. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, I started my third hotel job in August. And so this was going to be a, a June job and it fell through. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. you know. And I just get back on the horse and I start, uh, you know, putting out resumes and putting yeah. out resumes and putting out resumes. And finally, I get a call back from this place called Hendrick Automotive. I'm like, okay. Actually, no, I got a call back from Lexus of Pleasanton. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, I didn't really put it two and two together. Um, so it's Hendrick Automotive. I was Lexus of Pleasanton. And I got a job there in August. Yeah. And then, and then a year later, I got another job at Tommy T's in August, but that's besides the point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm working there for a while, and then it had hit me that a year or so, maybe even a year and a half prior, I was getting these calls. Because now I know what's going on. I'm in the call center, so I know what's going on. I know why they're calling people and who they're calling and what their methods are and these things, right? So what do I do? I put my telephone number into the system to see what I get, what kind of profile comes up. And it was a guy named Tony something. That's so crazy. With my phone number oh my in the system at Lexus of Pleasanton. That is And wild. they were calling me all the time, every day, because for some reason they thought that that person, Tony, wanted to buy a car. And when somebody wants to buy a car... You need to call that person every single day. They sure did. They did. You got so mad. I became that person (laughs) because I was in the service department for a while and I did move to sales. And I became the person who's calling you every single day. Hey, you should in this car. Where'd you got the trade in? You want to come take a look at it? You know, it's going to be this much. People are looking at it. People want it. Come buy it. You know, I became that person uh, that I was previously mad at. Because they were calling me on a daily basis. And I don't know who put my number in the system. I don't know if it was a legit 
Maybe it was a typo. You know, who knows what happened. But my number was in the system under a person named Tony something. I eventually, under my own power, deleted it. Yeah? Yes. Dang. I don't know if you could say that, though. No, I mean, it was a non... It was my phone number with a person <laughs> who didn't have my phone number. So I'm able to delete it because it's a dead account. See, but the the craziest part about that is that they were looking for Tony. And my father's name is Tony. Yes. Yeah, that's That's crazy. so crazy. That's wild. I love it. It is wild. But yeah, um, we got to the point where um, I could just say things to you. And I felt comfortable just letting you know what was happening when it was happening. And that's why I say the weenie route of constantly needing the validation that these things were in fact happening and it wasn't just all in my head stop saying weenie i'm i you know (laughs) you want the little weenies (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i i want to say that i do appreciate the fact that i had people like you know you and your family as well as laura and a lot of other people that were able to embrace that part of me because I wouldn't be where I am today, which is, um, you know, I feel like I have a a strong communication and I feel more confident in my abilities to to read and do those things and maybe possibly help others and steer them to finding their own joy and finding their own feeling of purpose and know that it's not always um, black and white. There's that gray area and sometimes it's like misty. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, let's see. We spoke. Oh, you know what? I just realized in the in the last episode we talked about the guy on the train, but we didn't mention what the auto writing picture looked like. Oh, we didn't. You're right. We never really kind of gave um, closure on that story. Yeah. So, if you don't remember, uh, we were on the the train to go to San Mateo and Caltrain. yeah and i was getting this like it felt like an oncoming panic attack out of nowhere and it turned out to be a spirit on the train just wanting to uh move get out move out of the way jump jump he jump. was having a panic attack he was well, yeah but i could feel and it you were feeling it and when you feel that you think it's yours like yeah. that, kid, that kid who got shot in the head that was giving people a Barnes Noble a headache, which yes. we talked about in episode one. Yes. So he was having, the spirit was almost stuck in this state of panic. Yes. And you told me to ask your dad. I felt awkward about asking him because, as you said, I didn't meet him in physical form. I only know him as, a, you know, spirit form. So it just feels awkward to ask someone. My dad <laughs> passed away in 2009. And then Athena and I came into... Um, recontact Mm -hmm. in 2010 yeah so just missed him actually uh we came into contact in like march yeah and my dad passed away that prior december that's so crazy it's like four months Mm -hmm. i wonder if he had anything to do with us coming together interesting i never thought of that (gasps) me either whoa oh my gosh i get i just got chills don't take dating advice from your father guys (laughs) Don't, especially if he's passed away. So don't take dead advice from your dead father. So he say. comes in and he's totally cool about it. He comes in, puts himself between me and this energy, and is like, you know, you're scaring her back off. 
And he walked him away right before this. I was auto writing and it just went crazy. Like I said, my hand was going all crazy on the paper. Um, I had that weird panic attack feeling thing. And, you know, your dad walked him all the way down, like all the way down to the the bottom. And uh, later when we were like when I felt a little bit better, you know, I was looking at the paper and we both agreed that it looks like um it looked like somebody standing on train tracks, seeing an oncoming bright light, like a train coming to it hit them. It looked like an oncoming train. Yeah. So we think that this person was hit by the train. Yeah. And didn't get out of the way in time, or I don't know if they had, you know, issues or anything like that. But and so terrible. Again, you can only assume in a situation like this, but we assume that this person was hit by a train and that's why they were in a constant state of panic because that was the state they were in when they died Mm -hmm. and they were stuck on the train they were stuck in a panic and athena is like a porch light to moths with this with this yeah with this we never really talked about that it really does they they are attracted to her they see her light from across the room whatever the case they come to her and in this situation, this guy who's in a panic, how many years? We don't know. Yeah, that too. He saw her light. He came to her. And he communicated the only way he could with panic. Mm-hmm. And who knows if my dad helped him? Who knows if my dad got him off that train? True. Who knows if my dad told him, hey, you're dead. Release that energy. I don't know what happened from there. But I can tell you that we didn't see him again on that trip. Yeah, that's for sure. And so, who knows? Maybe my dad did help him. I think so. Maybe he showed him the door. Maybe he said, let's get off the train. Let's just walk. Because he wasn't, like, aggressive with him. He was more like, hey, take it easy. Right. You're scaring her. And he just walked him away. Almost like security. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that brings up another point. Those were the times where I was, like, just, you know, once again, it was feral. And it needed to be tamed and protected. Yeah. I was absorbing so much stuff constantly and it really did make me feel like I was, I was going crazy because I had no way of protecting myself. I, I didn't realize that I could just like, you know, imagine myself in a ball of white light or any of that stuff. I just kind of went willy nilly and we had an incident where I, I can't remember the details because I think that's why it went wonky, but um, I was channeling something and uh, again, your dad came through and he talked to you through me and was like telling you to, um, what was it, like run my hands underwater. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know that you could do that. I forgot about that. It was like a psychic attack or something. That right? was so scary. So you were channeling something and somebody else... What happened? How does, how does that work? I don't work? know. It was like something else was coming through and uh, it felt like, oh gosh, like it's making my energy feel like so it was, yucky. <laughs> it, was, it was weird because it was like she was talking, but it was my dad that was talking to me through her, but she was talking to me, and but she had no idea the Like I had already been clipped out, like I don't, whatever it was, I had already like been pushed to the side. And he told me the, about the psychic attack and said to run her hands under cold water. I completely forgot about this until you just brought it up. And so 
I got you back somehow, and I we went to the bathroom and we ran your hands under cold water. Oh my gosh, it felt like running the hands under the the cold water. It felt like um, I was coming back from a fever dream. That's what it felt like, like coming back out of a fever it's dream. It's weird because it's almost like the person who's like, you know, really drunk and you're trying to sober them up so you give them coffee, right? Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a, that situation. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even know that that was a technique that we could use. I didn't use. know either. Until I was we, so grateful Until we came. did it. We haven't oh, used it since gosh. either. Well, I mean, I well, use it sometimes because so I do maybe. dishes. <laughs> yeah, I do dishes. So, it. I. by the way, PSA, if you ever want to, you know... Put some intention behind, you know, running your, your dishes and, and doing your dishes. You can clear out some energy while you're doing your dishes and get that out of the way. Just, you know, PSA. PSA. How many times do you say PSA for a PSA? I feel like you have to say it quite a few times so people know that the in the beginning, the middle, and the end, that it is, in fact, a PSA. All right. There you go. You win. <laughs> PSA. You win. PSA. PSA. So we've talked about, um, you know, me being able to embrace my gifts and then also kind of like shedding light on on these things for Sam as well, because we kind of work as an intuitive team. He has to work on his stuff. I work on my stuff and we kind of pull it together to fill in the blanks, to be honest. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of situations, too, where. Uh, you read and I interpret it. Yeah, because sometimes I'll see things and I'm like, I, I don't even know what that means. That's so weird. And then I help you piece things together sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I go, well, maybe this and this and this and this. And you're like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. That's, that's exact, true. Yeah, that's exactly quote. what I say. It's <laughs> the exact quote. I know. I'm not paraphrasing or anything. So, um,. We're going to jump into the future as in like in the future of this awakening part and around 2000, uh, I would say 13, 14, I started getting sick. Um, I believe I got pneumonia really, really bad in what, 2013? I think what's worse, pneumonia or bronchitis? Pneumonia. Okay. So I had bronchitis and you had pneumonia. It was bronchitis then turned into pneumonia. Right, but I had the step one and you had full-fledged step two. Oh, man. And and it got to the point... Well, I was Why did hopeful. we get so sick? I don't remember. I don't was know. bad winter? I don't know. It was know, it was so out of the blue. And I had never been so sick yeah. like I had been when I had pneumonia. Like, that thing knocked me off my butt so bad. I feel like we both went to the doctor together. And I, I still, to this day, say that I've never felt the same since I had that pneumonia, that bout of pneumonia. And a lot of people speculate that when you have like um, fibromyalgia, it's onset from uh, a really horrible sickness. Wow. So I'm not sure if that activated like awakens. it. awakens. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that activated it, but I never felt the same. And then in 2014, I had this like stomach bacteria again trying to hurt me. Um, 2014, I lost like, what was it, 50 pounds in a month and I was super sick. It felt like I had uh, a scarf tied like really tight around my throat. And then anytime I ate anything, it felt like I had swords stabbing my stomach. It was the worst. 
And then um, in that was tough because it was scary because you were pretty sick and you lost a lot of weight. Oh my gosh, and so much money I was going to. You remember I went to so many clinics yeah. and, and hospital stuff and trying then to figure it that, out. Like you know, I I saw my parents go through cancer and losing weight, and it was just. Yeah, it was so scary. It was scary. It was a scary time for both of us. So I had went through the mill with uh, tests and and doctors. And finally, there was this one doctor who was kind of like my last resort. And um, I told her my symptoms and she was like, oh, I know what it is. And so she tested me for that. It was that, and I trusted her diagnosis and tests ever since. Like, she was able to catch me with one test where I had other doctors, like, bleeding me dry with with so many other tests, and it was horrible. And they they gave up. They were like, I don't know what it is. I don't know, but here's the bill. So bad for you. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, please pay on your way out. But, yeah, I was, I was going through that, and then in 2015, uh, I started feeling even worse it was like I was getting super fatigued uh to the point where I was trying to teach my son how to stop the the car if I ever fell asleep at a stop sign or anything because for some reason I was just having so much yeah to to what I'm about to say is that because I was going through that and my body was starting to hurt more I thought that I was like dying from cancer or something because it just felt like every day it was getting worse and worse and then finally, I went to that same doctor, and she tested me for fibromyalgia, and uh, that was my diagnosis. So I had to learn how to live around that, and I feel like even 15? that, yeah, 2015. Wow, that was like seven years ago. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, at least I'm not dying. It just, it's going to feel like that for the rest of my life. But I honestly, I, I have hope that it's not going to be like that. I have hope that we're going to find a way to uh, make it better. I think you can. I think with your mind, you can do anything. And I think that you're getting stronger and stronger. And one day you're going to wake up and you're just going to realize how to free yourself. I believe so too. I, I think we've been putting in the work on how to heal little bits. I I have been working since then to kind of heal certain wounds in me that would block me on certain things. And I I highly encourage other people to do so as well because there are certain things that I had unhealed in my life that really were holding me back without me even realizing it. Like things that scared me that I never faced and and stuff like that. And I, I think that's so important. And if you're not going to use these abilities, like I said, your base charge, if you're not going to use it for like, you know, mediumship and stuff like that, you can apply it to real life experiences in the real world. As in when you feel like your body is telling you to take a break, take your break. If you feel like you are malnourished, you need to nourish your body properly. If you feel like you have a gut feeling that you shouldn't go to a place like a dark alley, don't go there. <laughs> Even if you don't have a gut feeling, just don't go to a dark alley. Just just don't. You can apply these gifts and abilities to things if even if you don't even believe in the woo-woo. These are abilities that are kind of like, you know, worked out of us or kind of, you know, blocked because uh, we're not 
I guess, cavemen. That's what they say. I, I think that these abilities, these survival okay, abilities, man. yeah, like hunters, gatherers, um, being able to sense when there's danger around, your gut instincts and stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, we're not in the forest all the time, guys, but we do have to accept responsibility that we we have to keep ourselves out of dangerous situations that are not good for us, stay away from people that are toxic that are not good for us, these are the ways that you apply these abilities into real life experiences and situations. Sometimes I don't usually say compared to a caveman, but sometimes I'll say, were you born in a barn? I know it's different. Gosh, babe. I'm like, no, I was born in a cave. <laughs> Stop it. Man. But yeah, I, I hope this was insightful for y'all. I, I don't know if my awakening story was the big pizzazz or a uh, big, you know, thing that you wanted to hear. But I mean, I, I got to save some stuff for the rest of the, the podcast. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, we're not just having two episodes. We're not just going to, you know, like blah, 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 all in one episode. I'm sorry, what? We're not going to all in one episode. All right. Producer, can you edit that part out? Um, please don't. I like my turkey sounds. Hey, you know what? Uh, I forgot to mention, my my birthday was on uh, Thanksgiving this year. Oh, speaking of turkey sounds. Yeah. Your birthday. Yes. Was on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Where we heard a lot of turkey sounds. <laughs> yes. While we ate them. Oh. Too much. That was that was that was cold. Okay. So. Guys, we cooked our turkey. I don't know why he's saying things like that. But once again, making me feel like a weirdo. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Wait, talk about your birthday. Oh, well, I thought I did. I mean, you just mentioned it. Yeah, that was it. Do you want to talk about anything that happened on your birthday? Or anything that your birthday makes you think of? Or just like feelings about your birthday? Um, well, sometimes my birthday falls on Thanksgiving. And... Um, the last time my birthday fell on Thanksgiving, I was going through a really hard time because my father um, had went into cardiac arrest and he was in the hospital in a coma. And it was really difficult for me. I picked up my mom and we were visiting together. My dad was, you know, he had the the all the tubes connected it was very not pleasant and I remember looking at both of them and thinking wow I don't remember the last time we ever spent Thanksgiving together ever and uh and were his hands tied down oh yeah so because he was in the coma they knew that it would be dangerous if he had woken up he would be disoriented and might hurt himself so they put some restraints on his hands. And I remember having this like really surreal experience because my mom was like crying really loud. And um, and mind you, my mom has been like separated from my father for like over 20 years. So this was really weird. But she was crying and then she kept trying to remove the restraints. And I was just like, man, this this sucks. <laughs> I remember just looking at this whole ordeal and going, wow, it's my birthday and Thanksgiving. Like two of like really 
family oriented things and I'm over here watching my mom freak out over my dad's restraints and I thought it was like this is the worst birthday and Thanksgiving I've ever had until this year until this year what what did I do so um this year I know that I was cooking for Thanksgiving but I remember washing some of the dishes and I had this moment where I realized what a gift it was because it was almost like I had a do-over and in this do-over I had my family and I was married and I had my kids, all of my kids in the house. I was doing my favorite thing, which is cooking for them and everybody was okay, happy, healthy and enjoying each other. And I just thought to myself, that is the perfect do-over. I felt so appreciative and grateful for that moment. And it it just felt like unreal. It was like a little gift, an extra gift of realization that, um, yeah, we might be going through hard times at some points, but we really have to stick it through because you never know these beautiful experiences and moments we could have in the future that are just absolutely priceless you know yeah and you almost didn't say that i almost didn't you almost did it well thanks for reminding me and thanks for listening my name is athena rodriguez <laughs> and i've got uh funky samadina here you can follow me on instagram and twitter at she shines for you and you can follow Funky Sam Medina at Instagram and Twitter at Funky Sam Medina. Woo woo. <laughs> and then you can check all of our stuff out at hypotheticalcomedy.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And I hope to see you for the next episode. My dreams. Love you. <laughs>